Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier. I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, man. Uh, Ready to rock and roll on a really cool conversation today. Uh, I want to bring a lot of clarity to it. Um, We're going to be referencing a researcher um, that is just at the forefront of fasting and dietary changes and insulin resistance and all these other just incredible discoveries that he's uh, heading up and a lot of cool research and and conversation that's coming out of it. And I want to make sure that we, um, you know, we, we bring some actionable things that we can do in terms of benefiting uh, our journey, our fasting journey, our health journey, our weight loss journey, whatever's brought to you into the fasting matrix. Um, so yeah, I really think we're going to be able to to um, come together with more of a bigger picture of what a fasting or insulin friendly lifestyle is and why it's important. Yeah, and I love the intersection of that, um, which there's there's so many moving parts there. We're talking about food and nutrition and lifestyle, dietary changes. Um, you know, the the list goes on, but. Um, the way that this particular researcher puts those things together with the the most cutting edge research and you know drawing conclusions that um, have just proven time after time to be just so far ahead of the curve and i mean he's he's helping to to change the direct the the trajectory for for uh, research um, in all of these fields yeah and he did a three part series on the ultimate guide to insulin resistance so insulin resistance is pretty much the thing that we focus on it's the thing that uh you know fasting as the tool allowed us to you know uncover the resistance and the weight's gone off and stayed off and um for both of us and then you know all the other people that's been on this journey with us so mm-hmm. you know the first two parts of that series he talked about the origins and the consequences of insulin resistance. And, you know, we talk a lot about, we just did an episode recently, uh, you know, about heart. Uh, we've done episodes about brain health, um, you know, uh, more, more of the chronic conditions associated with, um, you know, having the excess weight, the insulin resistance, the obesity, the overweight type uh, situation, you know, the chronic conditions like heart disease, diabetes, infertility, Alzheimer's, um, all of those different things can be, can be linked back to, uh, having an unhealthy, uh, insulin resistance. So right. today we really want to focus on, you know, what we are going to do to adopt that insulin friendly lifestyle. And he, he goes through the low calorie, low carbohydrate, you know, low fat kind of diet mentality and where it's really gotten us as a society overall, and really, I want to talk about what does that mean for you? Meaning, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for our listeners? What does that mean for everyone that is trying to improve and move away from all of those comorbidities and, you know, poor health metrics and actually get a, 
control over their health and their weight, you know, and increase, you know, their quality of life and just their overall, you know, health metrics. So I think it's gonna be a good conversation. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and uh, to be a little bit more uh, specific uh, too, um, Ben Bickman, uh, Dr. Ben Bickman is who we're, we're talking about here. And in the three-part series, it was looking at the effects of energy and hormones um, on the insulin resistance and, and how to integrate that into and, and build an insulin-friendly diet from it. Yeah, and really cool is the concept that, you know, even if you're not trying to lose weight or battle insulin resistance or the host of the other, all the other stuff that comes along with that, mm. um, there's still value in the low insulin or diet approach or the low insulin or the insulin friendly lifestyle is a better way to say it. So, you know, we want to reduce the insulin over time, which, which um, allows the sensitivity or the effectiveness of the insulin to do its job. And then that keeps you from kind of tipping over, you know, uh, or falling off the edge of the cliff, so to speak, into a metabolically unhealthy state which is then related to all of the things that we mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago. So I really like how um, this applies directly to what it is that we've been teaching, but then also, you know, kind of puts it in a bigger perspective. Yeah. And, you know, um, when we talk about the insulin friendly lifestyle, um, I, I think it's easy to just immediately think low carb which, um, you know, has its own kind of uh, connotations and, and different definitions for different people. Um, and, and everyone has a different um, experience um, with, with low carbohydrate diets. And, and that's not necessarily specifically um, what we're, we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Um, I want to have more production value. I want like a little soundboard where you say something like that <laughs> and I can just make like a sound in the background, like a, you know, something to like, like Like like, yeah like a buzzer like a wah 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 sound or something where it's like no 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 we're not going to talk about that so yeah a lot of people you know the the low carb concept is you know carbs get a bad rap and that's they're they're one of the three macronutrients that our body like can use as energy and they Mm -hmm. should be part of a balanced diet so low carb if you're trying to reverse diabetes increase your metabolic state, um, reverse disease processes, there are benefits to reducing the carbohydrates because those things spike insulin the most. Interestingly enough, which is why I love this research by Dr. Bickman is, um, you know, we, we don't want to remove necessarily remove the carbohydrates, but we can, um, uh, you know, take some steps into replacing or focusing on the correct carbs. So you get some long-term results because anyone that's tried to re- mm-hmm. like do strict keto and remove their carbohydrates, and just as a as a disclaimer, we don't subscribe to any one specific dietary pattern like program. You know, there's right. benefits to doing low carb, like I just mentioned. If you're trying to, you know, get your blood sugar numbers under control, it's one of the easiest things you can do. But the studies, and we've talked about this, don't show that it the results last because yeah. it's omitting a lot of the foods that we grew up with, a lot of our habits, a lot of the the stuff that we truly enjoy. Carbohydrates are typically you know, some of the better tasting foods on, on top of all the other stuff that's in it, right? So mm-hmm. we don't, long-term, the research shows that the people that actually try to do that long-term put more weight on, which then affects the <laughs> the metabolically unhealthy state, right? So you're moving farther mm-hmm. away. So we don't want to do that. So there's a few things here that we can do that are really actionable. Um, 
and still be able to enjoy some of the carbohydrates. So the first one is, you know, really avoiding uh, just sugars, right? So yeah. sugar is in a lot of different things that you don't typically think of. Um, it's in a lot of the canned, you know, condiments. It's in peanut butter. I've seen it in 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 mustard. It's in like soups and sauces and all this stuff that you kind of add to your foods. So you just want to be aware if you're trying to adopt and control some of the carbohydrates without that full 100% like restriction mindset right. that there's, there's hidden sugar sources everywhere. Yeah, there are. And, and, you know, I was just taking a look at, at a few nutrition labels last night. I was actually, um, you know, planning out some, some sushi rice. We we're going to uh, like make some California rolls and things like that. And so when I was looking at some of the vinegars, they had just tablespoons of high fructose corn syrup, um, or sugar, you know, right in there and in different vinegar products that, you know, was just taking me by surprise. So yeah, um, you know, in, in the pantry, in the fridge, those, those condiments can really get you. And there's just, um, it, it, it comes by a, a lot of different names too. I mean, you have different agaves and brown rice syrups and, syrups and, and, yep. and yeah, all these kind of things where you can extract a sugar from something that sounds so good. It sounds innocuous. It sounds like, oh, you know, there's almost like there's vegetables in there. There's, there's corn in there. Right. But you know, we, we can, we can do these, these mechanical things and, and extract the sugar. And, and, and those are some of the worst um, processes by which to get those. Right. And uh, I, it's, I, I, I just want to go back to one thing you just said, um, you're going to make sushi. So um, I'm, I, I'm the guy who can like make some patties of some, you know, grass fed ground beef and put them on, <laughs> on, on the grill and like make that come out well and the right. kids eat it. And my wife's happy, but, um, I, you're in a different level there, sir. So I'm just going <laughs> to kind of shuffle that under the rug that you're going to make your own homemade, homemade sushi and, and, and move on to the next one, which is <laughs> carbohydrates are not necessarily bad, but there are more natural versions rather than more processed versions. So really, you know, if it's in a box or a package or has a bunch of ingredients, you can't read, mm -hmm. it's probably not a carb that you want to be ingesting. So just stick to the more natural carbohydrates, um, the starchy vegetables, uh, the things that grow in the ground, so to speak. Um, and, you know, you'll see that your body will respond better to that um, rather than, you know, uh, that that one thing we always refer to is that book that talks about the palatability or the engineered type, oh, yeah. of, you know, mouthfeel. Like, yeah, if we're talking about things, processed foods and stuff, you're just setting yourself up, um, you know, to, to have a bigger or greater struggle with those types of foods. So starting to swap some things out would be a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that, that starts in the grocery store, right? Um, right. Spending, spending more time in the refrigerated section on the, on the outskirts rather than the, yep. the processed, you know, inside part where all the cans and boxes and, and plastic packaging lives. Right. Yeah. We used to do shopping tours and it was always funny, you know, with new people, and they'd be like, when are we going to go down those aisles? I'm like, we're not. And they just kind of look <laughs> at you like, oh, okay. Yeah. You've got everything you need. You got 75 things on this piece of paper. I just handed you just stay out of the middle aisles. So um, we used to have a joke. All right. I'm just going to run down here and grab the coconut oil and then I'm going to come out. So a third one for carbohydrates would be don't drink them. So there's a big difference between and in, in insulin responses between drinking a fruit juice and eating the same fruit because of the fiber content. Oh, yeah. It's so. Incredible. We, we want to make sure that we're getting, if we're going to be having those types of sugars or carbohydrates, don't, um, don't drink them uh, because you're going to be having a greater insulin spike. And that's just a simple thing you can just kind of, you know, pay attention to. It's not really a big drastic change. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one is not my cup of tea. So I don't know if you have any experience with, with the last thing we want to touch on here. Uh, which one? The fermented foods. So um, I'm not a big fermented food guy, but fermented foods are a great way. You know, yogurt, sauerkraut, sourdoughs, um, the bacteria that's in those foods actually does some of the, the, the sugar breakdown for us, which then that decreases the amount of blood sugar or sugar that gets into the bloodstream. So yeah. for the carbohydrate conversation, we're going to be looking at carbs are not bad. They're one of the macronutrients. Uh, we don't need to demonize them. Um, low carb long-term is not successful in a lot of the research. Um, so you want to avoid the sugar, the hidden sugars. You want to go more natural. You want to try not to drink your carbohydrates. And then if you can get some good fermented foods, uh, yogurt, sauerkraut, sourdoughs, which is going to help you still have some of, you know, like the sourdough bread, for instance, is a bread, but, um, the bacteria will actually help break down some of that sugar content. So then, um, you are not getting as much of a spike into the bloodstream. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tommy, anything else on that, on the carbs before we move on to protein? Yeah, that even brings us back to uh, when we were talking about the uh, apple cider vinegar and then the and the vinegar with the um, like oil and vinegar dressing, things like that, um, that go going along with those carbohydrates, like dipping your bread in a little bit of, um, you know, oil and vinegar can slow that digestion, can um, lessen the insulin spike and the blood sugar spike and uh, the research behind that, too. So so that 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 pairs up nicely with that. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35-plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to a hundred times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? an air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. 
Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in and now back to today's episode. Yeah, it, it's interesting because we, we talk about this study and we're going to go into protein here. And this, one of the studies that we, we went over, I think it was either in the challenge or I don't remember where we came across it, but it was combining um, the fat and the protein first before you ate the carbohydrate. Yeah. And I, oh, that was when I was doing my CGM, my constant glucose monitoring, which is like mm-hmm. a like a blood sugar monitor, but you wear it and it gives you like a 10 to 15 minute delayed reading on, you know, what you've ingested, your stress levels. It was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but I noticed I, I did a couple of tests where I would eat the same meal, but I would eat it in a different order. I'd eat the carbohydrate first, like the sweet potato versus, you know, um, the, the, uh, the chicken and the broccoli with the Kerrygold butter on it. So yeah. it was, it was interesting to see that there was a change about a 15, uh, point difference in that ordering of the food. So this one, he talks a lot about protein. Um, you know, if we can keep carbohydrate consumption moderate to low and keep the blood sugar low, then we'll typically have little to no insulin response to dietary protein. So if you are working out, you're building lean tissue, um, you want to, you want to, you know, lean out, but you're, you're working out to actually build the lean muscle at the same time. Right. Um, you know, you want to be able to get that in, uh, the, that protein in and it's cool because, um, if you keep the carbs low and the glucose low, then your protein doesn't have a negative effect on the insulin response. However, the opposite is true. If your carbs are high and your blood sugar is high, then the protein will have a higher response in your insulin, which is then kind of undoing the whole idea of where we want to go with this insulin friendly lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, um, you can, you can, uh, apply the same thing to, uh, whey protein and, and, uh, after workout shakes as well. So if you're, if, if your blood sugar and your insulin has, has been elevated and those numbers aren't where they should be, and then you bring in, you know, more, more protein, you know, thinking that you're doing something good for yourself after a workout, um, you can actually be going the exact wrong direction, bringing in hundreds of more calories, spiking the insulin and uh, your blood sugar um, even more. And all the while thinking that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're going uh, down the right road there. Yeah. And it's that whole anabolic anabolic window has been um, disputed. And really the idea and what the research has been showing recently is the consistent intake of protein. So anywhere from 0.8 all the way up to 1.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Um, you know, 1.5 is on the high end, right? Like that, that's a lot of protein, but somewhere yeah, in that range. Um, and you don't have to have it in a certain time frame after a workout, but that's a really good point. So it's the consistent intake of the protein that's going to have a better outcome on your lean body tissue. Um, and, you know, really, um, you know, with, with the protein intake, just be aware, you know, sometimes some of the meats uh, actually have added sugars in them, especially like the, the, the cured meats. Um, sausages, jerkies, yeah. those types mm-hmm. of things. So just watch even bacon, just watch the, uh, the sugar content on those. Um, the third point. category is going to be the fat. So, uh, fat keto, you've heard a lot about keto, 
You replace the carbohydrates, it's good to use the fat. The fat is satiating and fat typically has little effect on insulin. Yeah. And that's, that's really good to know because, um, it, you know, it, it can be a counterintuitive thing, especially, um, if you're kind of new to, to fasting and, and to kind of, um, you know, understanding what, what the different macronutrients do, um, it can almost, uh, you know, I know a lot of people and especially going through the seventies and eighties, um, where, you know, kind of low fat became King and it was like, fat makes you fat was, was kind of the big myth, um, that a lot of people, um, started, you know, integrating and, and believing. So, um, just knowing that, that fat has very little effect on blood sugar and on insulin, that's, that's a very good thing. We're, we're heading down the, the right direction. Yeah. And, and good, you know, the thing with good fats is they, uh, typically, you know, if you're using like we use Kerrygold butter, we cook in avocado oil, we, you know, um, we'll use that when we make green beans, we'll spray it on and then just douse the green beans with garlic and salt and pepper and the kids love it. So like those good, healthy fats are not something to be afraid of. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the least, uh, insulin spiking of them all. So, um, something you can definitely add and not have to worry about too much. Um, if you are being told the opposite, that dietary fat is a bad thing. Um, you know, send it, shoot us a message, tell us what's going on. We can help clarify that for you. But, uh, with protein, um, you know, we talked about the carbohydrates, the protein, we want to prioritize it. Um, you know, keeping the carbs and the blood sugar low, uh, allows protein to have less of an effect on insulin. And then fat, um, has the least effect on insulin, which, um, some people just don't know. And, um, to wrap up kind of the 30,000 foot view of this three series kind of, um, framework or guide to the insulin resistance or insulin friendly lifestyle. Um, one thing is we don't want to forget there's a lot of other factors that have an effect on, you know, reducing the risk of insulin resistance. And then therefore all of the other, you know, metabolic factors, cardiovascular issues, the diabetes, et cetera, that come with that, you know, because insulin resistance leads to weight gain, which leads to carrying that extra weight around obesity, et cetera. Mm. Um, so we want to make sure that we are still focusing on not just the macronutrients or what we're eating, but we talk about the trifecta for me, Tommy, which was stress, sleep, and then the frequency of my food, right? So the meal timing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, those, those three things right there are going to be, those are going to dictate most of, of the results, most of your, you know, health related outcomes, you know, the weight that you see on the scale, how you feel day to day. And then also um, how easy or difficult is it to to actually, um, you know, stick to your fasting window and to have a plan and execute on that plan. Because, you know, if you're, if your sleep's off from the night before you, you don't wake up the right way, you don't, you don't feel great. Energy is low. Motivation becomes lower then it's, it's tougher to, to get back on board, you know, with, um, you know, setting a strict fasting window and, and then it leads to different decisions. Inhibitions are lowered. I mean, it, it's just a cascade. It's, it's a, it's a downward spiral or it can be. So I like where you, you mentioned a word there, fasting, right? So this is a fasting podcast, right? Fasting, fasting yeah, for life. Absolutely. So we want to make sure that fasting here. So we talked about the food components, right? We just mentioned the sleep component, reducing your stress. These are all things that can lead to insulin resistance, weight loss resistance, et cetera. So we want to make sure that we're getting, you know, balanced 
you know, micronutrients, things like a, like an electrolyte supplementation or a multivitamin. We get asked a lot about, we just did a Q and a about that a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you want to avoid the processed foods if you can, um, stick to the low carb veggies. If you are going to have carbohydrates, you know, stick to the more non-processed ones, reduce the stress. We want to be exercising. We want to be moving. So really, and then what you had mentioned the sleep. So we want to be looking at this as what can we do to stack the deck in our favor? Well, fasting does that. Fasting takes out the amount of time that insulin remains high in your body. So the longer you fast, the lower your insulin goes and the Mm -hmm. higher the effectiveness or the sensitivity, sensitivity of that insulin increases. And that's where we see the major health benefits outside of you know, just the weight loss. I shouldn't say just the weight loss, but the weight loss specifically. Right. And you know, the, that, that works hand in hand with, with all these, you know, small dietary changes and, and, and small tweaks that we can make. And, you know, for a matter of perspective, I, I remember, um, you know, before I, I, I understood the power of fasting and before I, I, I came across it or, or actually tried it and, and understood it. Um, I, I was, I was, I was unwilling to make small changes, uh, like some of the things that we're talking about with the insulin friendly lifestyle, because I didn't know how to make any of the bigger changes and actually see any difference on the scale. So, you know, that, that's, that's a bit of learned helplessness, like we talk about sometimes. And, but when you, when you understand how powerful fasting is and you start using it and you can see the scale finally start to go in the right direction, um, or pick up steam, if you were already heading in the right direction, then it becomes much, much easier and it makes more sense to start integrating some of these smaller tweaks and you you just continue to see better and better results when you start stacking them um, all together, like you said. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of an insulin-friendly lifestyle, um, as long as you understand you know what insulin is and what it does, right? So mm-hmm. if you're new to fasting and you're, you came here for weight loss, yep, that's what, <laughs> me too, right? <laughs> that's a lot of it came from there, but it came from the fact that I knew I was carrying the extra weight. I was doing all the things I was tracking. I was working out for years and years and years. And every year mm-hmm. I kept getting a little bit less healthy and a little bit heavier and a little bit more tired and a little bit more frustrated. So if you're new to fasting, you're looking for some guidance, you can go to our website, www.thefastingforlife.com, thefastingforlife.com. You can uh, sign up for our fast start guide. It is a simple six step PDF that will allow you to put fasting into your day-to-day life. Shout out to Dr. Uh, Benjamin Bickman for the research. You can get the link uh, to the article uh, in the show notes. Um, we love and appreciate each one of you guys for being on this journey with us. We also appreciate you dropping us a review. We prefer the five-star version. Uh, that shows Apple Podcasts that we are doing something good, that we're engaged, that we have a good listenership. So we really appreciate you guys dropping us a review. If you want to drop us a comment as well, that's great. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on the Contact Us portion of our website. And Tommy, as always, thank you, sir. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. So, you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life. Fasting for Life.